I'm a booger. I'm a booger booger. I'm a booger. I'm a booger 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 booger. Welcome to I'm a booger booger, the quarantine chronicles. I'm a booger booger is a novel podcast about books and the people who write them. Because of the novel coronavirus, this series is taking place in isolation. An invisible enemy has turned our lives upside down. We now live in a world where a loo roll is more sought after than a first edition of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, where Karen from the internet is an instant epidemiologist and has a meme to prove it, and where a wet fart is more socially acceptable than a dry cough. Amma Booker Booker travels into the heart of the lockdown to find South Africans' finest authors. Today's guest is a sup-surfing diva, beauty therapist, and part of the new wave of uplit writers, which has kindness and compassion at its core, and is also probably the world's only environmental romance author. Melissa Volker weaves romance, suspense, and eco-fiction into nail-biting plots and unputdownable novels. She is the author of Shadow Flicker, which won the Strelitzia Award from the Romance Writers Organization of South Africa in 2017, and A Fractured Land, which was published last year. Welcome, Melissa. Can you please read an extract from, is it Fractured Land? I've got Shadow Flicker. Shadow Flicker's perfect. Today, no one noticed the figure lying low in a dip on the crest of the dunes. The photographer's body was flushed with the sand and concealed by swaying grasses. Farmlands rolled away behind the strip of deserted beach, darkened on their perimeter by the sinking sun. The whir and the click of the camera were lost in the crash of the surf. Two men in scuba gear emerged from the sea, first their heads slick and black in their diving hoods, then out of the eddies the rest of their glistening bodies, along with their treasure. The person behind the lens remained hidden, even from the man on the beach, the one who'd been standing there for a while. He glanced at his watch and over his shoulder. He paced the shore a few times before he caught sight of the divers. He looked over his shoulder again, then hurried toward the waterline. There was a toughness to his gait, despite the hint of tension in his movements. The photographer didn't want to be seen. The divers dragged two bags each through the foam, using one hand to haul their loot and the other to hold their fins. The sun caught the steel of their tanks and they gleamed like loaded weapons. Click went the camera. A short conversation took place between the men at the shoreline. Their words were carried away by the roaring surf. The man from the beach took the bags, two in each fist. He was well built and strong and he strode through the dunes with more ease. Click. The divers strolled away, fins and mask in hand, leaving behind only a trail of footprints in the sand. They laughed and talked as if nothing had happened. But something had happened. The photographer gripped the camera and lay in position until the dusk settled and it was possible to get away unseen. Wow. There it is. That's great. You started out as a beauty therapist and then turned to writing. Are there any similarities between beauty therapy and writing? Um, I think there's more similarities between surfing and writing than That's beauty my next therapy question, and writing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but beauty therapy, um, working in beauty therapy, you work with people and you hear stories all day because there's something that happens when you touch someone that all the stories spill out of them. Um, so I feel like I sat for 20 years and listened to true life stories 
and and I love I loved every minute of it. And I think that's what I love the most about the job is the people and the stories that they tell. And now what's the similarities between surfing and writing? Well, I think in 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 surfing they call it um you have to be adaptively attuned to the wave in order to to ride the wave the best it can be and to be, you know, to go with the flow. So as the wave changes, you have to adjust and change to the wave in order to flow. And it's the same with writing. You may set out writing something that you think it's going to go a certain way, but I often find that it's organic. And if you don't adjust your writing to the way this narrative is taking you, then the narrative doesn't flow. So to get that flow, you need to be adaptively attuned to your writing the same as you need to be adaptively attuned to the water. And the other thing they say in surfing is that you must go with the flow. So if you don't go, you won't flow. And it's the same with writing. If you don't sit down at your desk every day or as often as possible, then the writing doesn't flow. It seems to stagnate. So I think with writing, if you don't do it often, if you don't go, you don't flow. So there are two strands and very strong themes, the environment and romance. How do they marry each other, to use a romantic term? You must be one of the world's only eco-romance authors. Yes, I think at first I thought maybe I made the genre up, but um, I think, yeah, it's something that I really wanted to write. But I think one of the critical things in writing romance is that you need to have that conflict because to keep the the reader engaged, you've got to keep your um, protagonists separate and maybe bring them together a little bit, but then drive them apart. And what better than an environmental conflict to drive people apart? But at the same time, we live in a world where there's so many differences in ideology. And I wanted to see if people with different ideologies could actually be in a relationship. So these environmental themes are a great vehicle to explore that, to see how people can negotiate themselves through these sort of ideological differences and hopefully come together at the end. It's 11 hours into the lockdown. Have you run out of toilet paper yet? <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't hoard, though, either. I, I held myself back, when even when it was like 44.99 in a red sticker. <laughs> At pick and pay, I said, I'm not going to do this. <laughs> but no, I just bought my normal amount. <laughs> we'll see. Did you stockpile anything? <laughs> did I stockpile anything? Yeah. Uh, I, I did basically my month shopping ahead. So because I don't really want to expose myself to any sort of exponentially growing viruses. So, but I, I won't say I stockpiled. No, I don't think so. If you could choose any author to be in isolation with, who would you choose? Oh, I'd love to be in isolation with the Brontes if it were possible, because they actually lived in isolation, didn't they? And they wrote, they lived on that like windy moor and and created so many stories. I think even as children, I used to be obsessed with how they used to make those little stories and those tiny little books. I think it would be amazing to be to be in isolation with one of them. Maybe Anne, who is the healthiest, <laughs> the healthiest one. <laughs> the podcast Desert Island Discs allows participants to take with them on a desert island one song and one luxury item. But I'm a book. A book is much more generous and will allow you to take a song, a luxury item and a book. 
into your lockdown? What okay. are the three things you're going to take? Well, I think I'm going to take Endurance by Alfred Lansing because that's the story of Shackleton when they tried to cross the South Pole and they were in isolation in ice and snow. They put the ice into isolation. Um, for how long were they? I think they were 18 months in Antarctica, about five months in isolation. So I find that book would be quite inspiring. What else did I have to take? A luxury item. Yeah. Hmm. Into my lockdown, chocolate. <laughs> chocolate. And if that's chocolate. a luxury, if tea is not a luxury, I'd take tea. So, but I think tea is a basic, isn't it? I'll take chocolate, I'll take endurance and a song. I think I'll take the redemption song <laughs> by Bob Marley. Now, you, you're a surfer. Um, I know cyclists can get indoor trainers, but how are you going to cope without feeding your? passion for the next three weeks? Well, I think I'm going to write about it because when I write about it, you know, when you want to write about something, you have to close your eyes and put yourself in there, in the space and imagine it and be there. So I, I'll I'll take a trip in my mind, mind surfing. Okay, so well, from mind surfing, we're now going to uh, subject you to the sound effects, Rorschach test. But whenever, I don't know if that's monkeys or dogs, but um, takes me to, um, to when, when I was a child and we used to go down to the Crom River where I based one of my stories and we would wake up every single morning with monkeys running across the roof. It just reminds me of being happy away with my family, but it was in an unspoiled time because the monkeys don't come anymore. And I think that they perhaps culled them. It just takes me back to my childhood when when they used, we used to wake up to the sound of monkeys running across the roof. And that would be stand-up paddle racing, because I also race stand-up paddle boards um, as well as surf them. And there's nothing like digging deep into your dark place to try and get those last few meters on the flat water. It's taught me a lot. It's taught me that in the dark place, great things can come, that you can you can find strength that you didn't know that you had. And that's when it's cross-shore at Musenberg, when the wind isn't offshore and it's not onshore, so you can still surf, but it's cross-shore and all those waves keep hitting the side of the sup when you're trying to catch a wave and you really, really have to hold your core while you turn to catch the wave. My mother, my mother had all the photographs of all the astronauts from 1969, was it, that she kept because my mom's from the US and I think she was very proud of that moment where the Americans went into space and it, that makes me think of digging through my parents' drawers when I was a kid and finding the memorabilia that my mom used to keep. Last one. That makes me think of the time my at my brother's wedding, we were on this grassy slope and all posing in our finery for pictures and I had high heels on and my one heel disappeared into the grass and the photographer asked me what was wrong with my leg, but I had some kind of a problem because I couldn't stand straight. And that's how I feel when I'm under pressure being photographed. Melissa, how can readers get their eyes on your excellent books? They can um, go to Amazon 
the books are on Kindle, so they can just Google Shadow Flicker and uh, Fractured Land, and they're both up on Amazon and Kindle. And also, there's a couple of reviews on the internet if they'd like to. I think Sunday Times reviewed it. They want to have a read through the reviews to know what to expect. Well, thank you, Melissa, and thank you for listening to Amma Booker Booker, the Quarantine Chronicles, live from the lockdown. Amma Booker Booker is brought to you by Jonathan Anson, Dan Dews, in collaboration with Books Live and Multimedia Live. Authors who would like to be featured should email jonathan.anser at gmail.com. Amma Booker Booker Booker. Amma Booker 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 Boo